With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special Thanksgiving episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. Two-parter today with part one living here on our Turn on the Jets feed and part two living on our Play Like a Jet feed, which if you are not subscribed to yet, please immediately stop what you're doing and do that. Not just so you can get part two of this podcast, so you can get a daily podcast every single day from Scott Mason about the New York Jets. Scott will be joining us on both parts of this podcast as we are going to talk about the Jets' recent winning streak, their final five games, and most importantly, what we are thankful for as Jets fans, Jets bloggers, Jets tweeters, Jets podcasters uh, at this time of the year. As a reminder, please subscribe, rate, review both this podcast and the Play Like a Jet podcast. Both are available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I think I'm almost at 600. I think Scott's almost at 200. So make sure to help get us over our next milestones there. And with that, let's jump into part one of our discussion with Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm good, Joe. I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I'm going to do what I do every year Thanksgiving. I'm going to eat way too much food. I'm going to lay down, watch football games, and probably pass out on the couch sometime after the late game is over. And to me, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Absolutely. I think it's a long, tedious marathon of eating. Got to you know, balance out your appetizers into your antipasto for maybe you know, the Italian household, into the turkey, into the desserts. Pace myself through Jeff Driscoll and Mr. Trubisky into some Josh Allen, uh, followed by having to watch uh, the 4-7 and seven Falcons at night. So it should be a good long day of eating football, drop a little gambling in there. Uh, should be a good all-around day. Now, we'll be a more positive than initially expected Thanksgiving for Jet fans as they're now on a three-game winning streak. Uh, they're longest since week, I believe it was week three to five in the uh, 2017 season, uh, with a very, very good chance to extend this winning streak to five games with upcoming games against the 0-11 Cincinnati Bengals and the 2-9 and Miami Dolphins. Uh, leading into their big Thursday night game against the Baltimore Ravens. But beating the Giants, great, fun to always beat them and see Jamal Adams embarrass Daniel Jones. Giants are 2-9. and nine. They're pretty damn bad. Great to handle business and blow out the Redskins. Redskins are 2-9. and nine. They're pretty damn bad. However, beating a 6-4 and four Oakland team, who while they may have some flaws, are 6-4, and 34-3. In my mind, easily the most impressive win of the Jets season. Uh, dominated the game from start to finish, and uh, even more so than the Dallas game, uh, was a particularly impressive effort all around, and I think shows 
what this team could potentially be capable of when they're firing on, on all cylinders and happy. And I've been repeating this pretty consistently uh, throughout the week, more than happy to give credit when credit's due. Adam Gase, Jets coaching staff did a great job against Oakland. The offense is rolling. Uh, they did a good job against Dallas. We knew they were capable of this. It makes it more frustrating that we weren't able to see this against Jacksonville and Miami because this is really a year where there's a wild card seed for the taking. The Jets, when you look back on this season, you're going to say, wow, they had you know a pretty soft schedule. They didn't have to travel that much. And a 9-7, and seven, maybe, you know, probably a 9-7 and seven team is going to get in the playoffs. So, hey, man, you know, I, I just wanted to be 6-5 and five right now instead of 4-7. and seven. But for right now, Sam Darnold's playing well. The Jets are playing well all around. Where are you feeling, you know, net overall right now heading into the Cincinnati game, Scott, before we get into what we're thankful for? I'm pretty happy with what I've seen the last couple of weeks, and I think, Joe, you'd agree with this. One thing that as Jets fans it's been very frustrating having to watch the last couple of years was an offense that felt stale, an offense that didn't feel modern. The Jets haven't had a really strong passing offense in a long time. You can go back to the Sanchez years, Geno Smith. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback. But the last couple of weeks, we've really started to get a feel for what this team could be if Sam Darnold becomes the player that we hope. And to a lesser extent, if Adam Gase can be the offensive mind that some people painted him out to be. Now, I don't know that I necessarily think he's an offensive genius. I've always felt that he's a competent offensive mind. I thought that he's been overblown as this guru and all that. But He's done a pretty good job, as you said, credit where credit's due. And him and Darnold seem to be in a groove together now. I think a lot of that meeting was about the two of them sitting down and figuring out, okay, here's what's working, here's what's not working, and then going with what was working and what Sam Darnold was comfortable with. And it seems like ever since then, they've been on a roll. So right now, very happy. The defense, Greg Williams has done a really good job despite a ton of injuries. It's amazing how good that defensive unit has been. And they traded Leonard Williams, Joe, and I know that you and I disagree on how good or bad Leonard Williams is. I've always said that I think he's a very good player who's not a great player. He's somebody that gets a lot of pressures. He gets in the quarterback's face, but he's not a finisher, and that's why he never reached the level that we were hoping that he would reach. But even with trading him, the run defense is still number one in the league. They've still done really, really well with maintaining pressure on the quarterback. So, Right now, it's hard not to be happy with what the Jets are doing. I agree. I think, look, that was their most impressive win since they beat the crap out of the Lions on opening night uh, in 2018. And just their offense legitimately felt unstoppable. I don't think they punted until, you know, late in the second half. And they were just like they really did against Washington and the Giants to an extent, really just going up and down the field. And I, I don't think... They're going to face a harder challenge the next two weeks. Cincinnati's 0-11, and I don't, it doesn't matter if they have Andy Dalton or Ryan Finley under center. They're 0-11. Uh, so the Jets should be able to keep their momentum going there. And then I know the Jets lost earlier in the year to Miami, but from a roster standpoint, the Jets are a superior, talented team. And they can really show that they're building something here by taking care of business these two games. Winning five games in a row in the NFL is not an easy thing to do. Regardless of who you play, Jets haven't done it since that stretch run in 2015 and Todd Bowles' first year. And uh, 
I'm optimistic and expect them to win these next two, next two games from what we've seen the past three games. And more importantly, you know, I think where we'll start off with what I'm thankful for as a Jets fan, that they have a quarterback to be excited about. And I think Sam Darnold, you know, he started, I think it's you know, 19 or so games right now, right around 20. We've seen more than enough in my mind to confidently believe that he will be a second contract player for this team, which might not sound like a lot, but that's a big step for what the Jets quarterback search has been. I think he has enough talent to be a top-tier quarterback in this league. He needs to become a little more consistent and needs to win a couple more games against really good teams, uh, and he needs to play better when they're in the AFC East. But all the talent is there uh, to be a long-term Pro Bowl potential quarterback for this team, which is very exciting. It's just something they have not had uh, in a long time. I think, you know, when you had Pennington's first year in, you know, 2002, he looked like he was laying the groundwork for a long run as a top-tier quarterback. And, you know, he got the Jets to the playoffs a few times and won a few playoff games. But he was never really, you know, a top, you know, six to eight quarterback in the league. And, you know, Darnold's not there yet, but physically – from a talent perspective, there's a roadmap for him to get there, particularly if the Jets build a better roster around him and the coaching situation stabilizes, whether it's with this current group or with another group long term. But even if the Jets are inconsistent as a team down the stretch and even inconsistent as a team next year when they have a more challenging schedule, if Darnold keeps growing and could look the part of a very good to potentially great quarterback, the Jets' window for being competitive is going to be much more wide open than we would ever expect it to be. You could afford to make some mistakes with roster construction uh, if you have a really good quarterback and you have the best quarterback on the field week in, week out. And you know, I think when you look at the Jets' two most impressive wins this year uh, – it's Sam Darnold outplaying Derek Carr. It's Sam Darnold really outplaying Dak Prescott in that game, although Prescott was good to his credit without his two starting tackles and Amari Cooper, but at least rising to the level that he was playing. And when you look at the disappointing games that they had this year, getting outplayed by Garner Minshew, getting outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, if we could get much more of Darnold being the guy who's outplaying guys who are generally considered in the you know better court, among the better quarterbacks in the league, the Jets are going to continue to at least hover around 500 uh, because that's how important that position is. And, you know, he made some throws against Oakland that really only a handful of quarterbacks in this league can make. And that makes this team exciting to watch. It makes this team interesting to follow. And, you know, this quarterback class has had a bit of a roller coaster uh, the first two years, but I do think overall it's going to end up being a pretty damn good group. I think Lamar Jackson's in the driver's seat to be an MVP this year. Uh, Josh Allen, for as critical as I was of him coming out in the pre-draft process and for all his limitations in the passing game, has been better than I thought he'd be. And Buffalo is 8-3, and three and they found a way to kind of build a team around him. And he, for what he is, has been pretty good. And uh, Bills fans, you know, seem understandably are content enough right now. I think Mayfield was really bad early in the year, but he's playing a lot better right now. And I think he is also saddled with a coach who I think is in over his head. So I'm curious to see if that changes where he goes to. Rosen has really been the dud out of this class. And, you know, I liked Rosen a lot pre-draft uh, and it just hasn't happened for him. And I know he's been in bad situations, but still, like, he really hasn't 
does not look like he's going to be a plus starter anytime soon. And then we've also had Kyle Allen randomly uh, become competent for Carolina. But, you know, out of all that, you know, I think Jet fans should feel more than confident that they have their guy for at least the next, you know, five to seven years. And I'm sure Browns fans, Ravens fans, and even Bills fans, you know, feel that way at this point. What are your thoughts on all that quarterbacking right now in the Jets' overall situation with Darnold? Well, first of all, I'm with you. That was number one on my list of things to be thankful for as a Jets fan is having Sam Donald at quarterback. When he came out, I said at the time that he reminded me a lot of Tony Romo with a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger sprinkled in. The other guy that he reminded me a lot of was Andrew Luck. And I think that you're seeing a lot of that. Now, my opinion hasn't changed a bit since he came out of USC. I think that, if anything, it's been strengthened over the last couple of weeks. I know he had a rough stretch, but like I said before, ever since he had that meeting in the minds with Gase, it's like a light bulb went off and he's been off to the races. Now, we'll see as the season progresses because he'll have to play the Ravens on the road. He'll have to play the Bills on the road. Those are two very tough defenses on the road late in the year, and so that'll be much tougher in terms of a test for him, although he did play well against the Raiders, and the Raiders are a much better team than most people thought that they would be when the season began. I'm really excited to see where this goes. I think a lot of this will depend on the pieces that are put around him. We see some pieces in the offense right now that look like keepers. Jamison Crowder has developed a real nice rapport with Sam Darnold, Ryan Griffin, who they just signed to a contract extension, who have built a really nice report. So even when Christopher Herndon comes back at some point, probably next year, they've got two tight ends now that Sam Darnold has built a rapport with. Le'Veon Bell's starting to get involved in the passing game, and so Darnold's feeling comfortable with him. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Robbie Anderson. Darnold's had some nice moments with him, and there have been some times where he hasn't been targeted so much. He's a free agent, so that kind of remains to be seen. I think that they're obviously going to be hunting for a quote-unquote true number one or at least somebody who's better than Anderson and Crowder, who are both good receivers, but they're not the type of guy that's going to command attention from uh, number one cornerback unless it's out of necessity, for instance, Stephen Gilmore normally wouldn't be used on Robbie Anderson. He's only used on Robbie Anderson because that's the best receiver that the Jets have, so that's who he goes on. But Stephon Gilmore, we're going to see him against Nuke Hopkins, and that's really more along the lines of the type of receiver that you want for Donald. You want that at least mobile-level guy, if not all-pro guy. And the offensive line, obviously, is going to have to improve, although Donald has shown that when the offensive line can even be reasonably decent and give him some time, the fact that he can move in and out of the pocket makes it a situation where he can still make a lot of plays. So I think for sure it's a thing to be very thankful for if you're a Jets fan because, Joe, I go back a little further than you, but you know, and you described it before, the quarterback search. We thought Chad Pennington was the goods, and I still think he would have been if he hadn't ruined his shoulder. His career after those shoulder injuries was actually pretty remarkable considering the depth of those injuries but he never came the guy that we were hoping. Sanchez obviously fizzled out. Geno Smith, you go back before that. Browning Nagel was a guy that there was a lot of hope in when they drafted him one spot after Brett Favre. He didn't pan out. You had the one season of Favre who came all those years later, ironically, but that was always going to be a Band-Aid situation. And then you go through Vinny Tessaveri, who was toward the end of his career, but still had some, but still had some productive seasons with the Jets. 
You go to Kenny O'Brien, who is a very good quarterback, but he wasn't an elite-level passer, and the question that Jets fans were always going to ask was, why O'Brien over Marino? So while O'Brien was a good passer, he never reached that level. Richard Todd was a guy that was very erratic and inconsistent. So really, it's been since Joe Namath that you've had a passer that you really felt was top of the league good. And Darnold, I'm not saying he's going to be that guy, but he's shown you, as you said, Joe, all the tools that make that possible. He's shown you performances now. It's not just, oh, we make all the throws or we've seen this on tape. We've literally seen it in numerous NFL games, even last year, the last month of the season. So if he can continue to chart forward and to keep progressing and to keep showing us what he's shown us over the last couple of weeks, there's a lot to be excited about going forward. And that's where I want to get into the second thing that we should be thankful for, Joe, which is having a general manager who at least at this moment seems competent. This is a guy who has a great reputation in Joe Douglas, did some terrific work with the Ravens, with the Eagles, with the Bears, talked to people from people that cover all of those organizations. And there are a lot of really, really good players that he is credited with recommending, especially with Philly and with the Baltimore Ravens. While he hasn't had the opportunity to completely remake this roster yet because he got here after the draft and free agency, Joe, he's done a lot of really nice work on the fringes. Ryan Griffin, getting him locked up right now when he saw that he was going to be a free agent, but he's developed a really nice rapport with Sam Darnold. That was a smart move. Being able to go out and get some solid depth with Alex Lewis and Nate Hairston. Now, I know they fell off the map a little bit, but still, those are guys that are decent flyers because they'll stick around if they play well. And if not, uh, Joe Douglas didn't really give up a lot. I know the Ryan Khalil move has been questionable, but I think that was more just a, a shot in the dark because he realized he had the cab space to burn. It was a one-year deal and they figured he had played better than Harrison last year. It didn't work out, but so be it. But I think that if you combine Douglas's reputation with the moves that he's made so far, like I said, little moves here on the fringes there, here and there. I think that it, it looks like a promising start. Now, he's really going to have to start to earn his offseason when he goes out and, and has his first free agency and his first draft. But so far, a promising start. Oh, and the Leonard Williams trade, I should mention as well. I was saying that I thought that the best value that he could probably get was around a third and fourth, which is more or less what he ended up getting, especially if the Giants sign Leonard Williams, third and fifth, and the fourth, if Williams signs with the Giants before free agency starts. So that would be number two on my list because, Joe, Donald is the most important person in the Jets organization right now. But you can make a very strong case that Joe Douglas is number two because what he does over the next couple of years in the draft and the free agency to build this team around Sam Darnold is going to be enormous in terms of where this team goes with Darnold at the helm because we both know, look at what happened with the Colts and a bunch of these other teams where they wasted the prime of franchise quarterbacks by doing a poor job of building around them. So if Joe Douglas can take the early returns amplify them and show us that he's the guy that everybody thought he was when they hired him from Philly, then Jets fans have a ton to be excited about. And the future is so bright as the saying goes, and we're all going to have to wear shades. I want to remind you guys that next Sunday, we got Jets Bengals in Cincinnati, followed by Jets Dolphins with the Jets at home. And if you are heading out there, make sure you use the Vivid Seats app to get your seat for the game. 
Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it is time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, that's promo code OVERTIME to receive a discount of up to $100 for Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. So yes, I uh, I agree 100% with what you said about Douglas. And I think Douglas, look, we I, I like the hire. I think his resume and the people that he brought in around him are reason for optimism and he should be given a clean slate this offseason when it really becomes his team to build. I think he did a couple necessary tweaks. Some worked, some didn't. It's hard to evaluate it with the situation he was brought into with such a bad GM before him uh, and the timing that he was brought in on. So he really, in my mind, whether this is fair or not, the Jets' record this year, in my mind, goes to Mike McCagnon's overall record as a GM, not Joe Douglas's. This is really Mike McCagnon's roster minus a few minor things on the fringes. Uh, next year really starts Joe Douglas's regime when he has his first draft and his first free agency period. And there's a lot of decisions to be made. A lot of guys the Jets may or may not extend. Um, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. I'm sure there's going to be a work to acquire more draft capital. They already have two third-round picks. Um, they have the rest of their picks. I'm pretty sure from the comings and goings, they've even doubt to having their six-round pick back. But they have their first rounder. They have their second rounder. There could be other players they look to move. They're going to have interesting decisions to make on guys like Robbie Anderson. Um, it's going to be a fascinating uh, offseason uh, from my perspective. And I think Douglas, you know, he has a tight window with Darnold before he has to pay him. And there's been a lot of talk about paying Jamal Adams big money. And if the Jets are going to have the highest paid safety in the NFL, the highest paid inside linebacker in the NFL, and the second highest paid running back in the NFL, it's going to be hard for Joe Douglas to work around that and uh, supporting Darnold when he's going to have to pay him a few years. So I'm very curious to see how he goes about doing that. But to have a GM that I think has an opportunity and to do some good things here, and there's a reason for Jet fans to be optimistic about what he could do compared to being stuck with someone like McCagnin or Idzik or even late years Tannenbaum uh, is a good thing overall. And if Douglas could go out and have a good draft, like a really good draft where you actually get rookies who make an immediate impact and find guys in the middle rounds who are making big plays for you, uh, the Jets turnaround, quote unquote, could happen a lot faster. And I think there's been some positive signs. I think the Griffin signing worked out really well and was a smart, proactive move with Chris Herndon, who, you know, is going to have some question marks going into year three. I think trading Leonard Williams was obviously a move I, you know, I was excited about. I'm happy the return that they got back for him. And I'm very interested um, to see what he does going forward. Uh, and I feel good about, you know, the resume and the buzz that was around that hire which is an encouraging thing overall. Before we wrap and head on to uh, part two on the Play Like a Jet feed, I would say another thing uh, 
that I am thankful for around this team right now has been some surprise stability uh, at the cornerback position, which has kind of came out of nowhere over the past few weeks, both with uh, Bless Austin and with Arthur Mollett and the work that Brian Poole has done under the radar all year. So Poole has been a very, very good free agent signing. You know, Credit to McCagnan on that one. And Poole has been better, uh, I think, than anyone expected and has been really stable and should be brought back next year to have that kind of stability at slot corner is a rare thing. Uh, and he's been a great upgrade over Buster Screen. You know, I think it took some injuries and some shuffling to get Maul and Austin out there and Austin returning from an injury. And both have been excellent. And I know they haven't exactly went against the greatest passing offenses in the league, but they've done what they needed to do and they play with a lot of energy and physicality. And for the Jets to maybe have a little more hope at cornerback than it looked like we thought they did makes retooling that roster all that much easier. So that's really been a, a nice thing to have pop over these past three weeks of this winning streak because if those two guys could be contributors going forward and they could get pullback, they could focus more time and energy towards edge rusher, towards offensive line, towards wide receiver, and towards other things they want to do on this roster rather than needing to go out and add two to three cornerbacks to rebuild the entire position. And I don't think there's really any reason to expect that they can't finish the year strong when you look at the remaining quarterbacks Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, obviously Lamar Jackson will be a, a unique challenge. You know, Josh Allen, not exactly the best guy throwing the ball. Uh, and then probably Mason Rudolph or Devin Hodges in between that. So I think there's a good chance for these guys to finish the year strong. And I'm curious to see what they can contribute going forward next year. Uh, thoughts on that before we wrap here, Scott? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think Poole's been a pleasant surprise when you watch the film from his Atlanta days. He looked like a younger buster screen, but he's been so much better than that. He's actually been one of the best slot corners in the league this year. So I hope that he's one of the next guys that Joe Douglas gets around to taking care of. I would love to see a contract extension with him. Lesson Austin and Arthur Millette, both very small sample sizes. But listen, if these two guys down the stretch can prove to you that they can be starting corners next year, that is enormous because not only does it, as you said, Joe, provide you stability at the cornerback position, especially if you bring back Poole and you have those three guys, you also then would have resources that you thought you were going to have to spend at corner, whether that's free agency trades or the draft, that now you can spend in other areas that you need, whether it's edge rusher, offensive line, or wide receiver. So I think that it's been a really great development for the Jets over the last couple of weeks. Now, to be fair, Again, there's a lot of football left to be played, and I'm curious to see what they do against the Ravens and against Bills. Nate Hairston got off to a good start, and then he kind of cratered out. We'll see what happens with him if he comes back and proves that he can be a decent depth piece. But I don't want to be somebody that's a prisoner of the moment that gets too carried away after a couple of games. That said, very happy that those guys have played well. And I'll tell you, Joe, I'm going to get into another thing that I'm thankful for a little bit later that involves the cornerbacks, but let's just say it involves Tremaine Johnson, and I'm glad that these guys are playing better than the guy that got paid $75 million. Not something you would expect that somebody like Arthur Millette, who's bounced around a bit, and Blessing Austin, a sixth-round pick, who very well may have gone undrafted because of the injuries to his knees, that those guys would outplay Tremaine Johnson, but boy, they've outplayed him and then some. I mean, to be fair... The way that he had been going, a kid in Pop Warner probably could have been out playing him at this point. But still, it is really nice to see that even after that failed signing, the Jets somehow found a way to get some productivity at cornerback. 
Couldn't agree more. Uh, we are going to pick this up on the Play Like a Jet feed with another uh, 30 minutes or so of things that we are thankful for around this team and also some final thoughts on the Jets' upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday where they'll look to move to 5-7. and seven. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to pick up and subscribe to the Play Like a Jet feed where this conversation will continue. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to everybody next week.